0: you're muted. (laughs) You muted yourself. I didn't do that.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I don't know what happened there. I didn't touch a button. It was just one of those fluky things, but good morning, everyone. This is Carol Sue, aka Nonny Boss, live from Vero Beach. Just got done with some pickleball, getting my nails done, but we're super excited. It is Thursday. You know what that means?
0: Trending Thursday. This is 2... Sisters and hey, hello everyone. And as everybody, and my name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva. And as everyone knows, I always tease my sister that I can mute her ass at any point in time, but I did not do that. Okay, I did not do that. So I just want to clear that up. Anyways, it's Thursday, trending Thursday. And what could be better than having an amazing guest? We are excited to welcome to the Two Sisters podcast family. Michelle Oliver, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. And Michelle is a very unique person and we just love her background, um, career development, job searching, um, just doing so many different things with her business. And there's just too much to fill you in on. So without further ado, welcome Michelle and girlfriend, the floor is yours. Tell us a little bit about your business.
2: Hey, Janice. Hey, Carol Sue. Thank you guys for having me. It was an excellent stab at my last name. It's Olivier. uh, But that's, it it was much better effort than most people make. So I appreciate that. Um, uh, In terms of my business, we are a career services uh, company. So we help people get back into work. And I think right now in terms of what's trending I hope that what's trending for everybody is trying to get back into work right now as the economy is starting to recover and you know their jobs again. Um, and hopefully that's the trend that's gonna keep going. I come from recruitment and HR backgrounds. Um, and so I am the one that, I oversee our resume writing services, but I don't actually do the resume writing myself, uh, but I do the career coaching guidance, um, and support for things like interviews, and then I also work with our corporate clients to help them design better recruitment processes. So that's me. That's uh, the company ONH, and that's what we do. And thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to get to talk to you. I like that Carol Sue is on mute for the moment. I feel like that's me oh. with a fighting chance as long as she's on mute.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna say I love the fact that she's on mute. Whoops, and, um, and I didn't even put her on mute, so. I know, it's self-muting. <laughs> <laughs> self-muting, we love that. And I see your little black kitty in the background. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you'll probably hear my bird chirping and the husband and dogs are on the other side of the house. So about 150 away feet away. Uh, well, yeah, I, won't, I won't be muted the entire time. And just right now the uh, drill is
1: going. So I'm just
0: being respectful of our audience. Just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> Thank you, Carol Sue. So, the, the job market these days, and obviously, with so many people, you know, moms and dads, and, you know, even single people that have been stuck at home, you know, yeah. working their jobs. And the job economy, I'm sure, is just so, and the job search aspect is so very different today. Yeah. Interviews yeah. are held online via obviously zoom or whatever, you know, recording video type of platform. What is, have you seen is the greatest stumbling block for somebody out there that's okay. They're, they're in their job and they're, they're trying to get used to working from home. And Mm -hmm. they're, they're really want to dive into something more, you know, that's more in terms with their alignment. What are, what are some things that you can probably suggest for people that are kind of in that predicament?
2: So I think that there's a lot of different, That's there's a lot to unpack in that answer. And um, Right now is such a weird time for people in terms of work, especially parents who are home with kids who are being homeschooled. It's really hard to find bandwidth to do anything during the day, and so I think that Um, You really need to take a look at what you actually have time and bandwidth to do. Don't set yourself up to fail. So I know people who are like, oh, well, you know, I've always worked in this kind of a profession. They've tried to go back in full time and, and jumping right in with that. And then they're like, oh my God, I've got three kids at home. That's not a thing. It is a hard decision. And I am not trying to take away from that to decide not to do that. But at the same time, you want to set yourself up for success. So I've actually have a couple of clients that I've coached into saying, you know, is now the right time. And they've instead made decisions to go back part-time, find something else that they could do that has flexible hours. It's still more feels like a career break, but has some of that income that they need to, you know, pay bills. Um, and at the same time, leaves them free to, to deal with the rest of the situation that we have in our homes right now. Um, I think at the same time, for people who don't have kids at home, um, who don't have those considerations, one of the big things is the reality of having a workspace in your home. That is so hard. And one of the things people do, I think that, again, doesn't set them up for success is they don't have a dedicated space. If your kitchen table is your office, then every time you walk past your kitchen table, you're going to feel all of the stress and the burden and all of the things about work. You need to have a dedicated space in your home, even if it's just like, this is the the table that has my laptop and I can put it away, whatever that is, some way that is literally, this is my designated office space that creates a physical divide between you and work things. And I think that, Creating that and coming up, if you live with somebody else, coming up with rules and procedures about how you're going to have that privacy, how you're going to make those those clear delineations. I think those are the things that people really need to do to kind of set them up for success.
0: Right. And and I think, too, what I've seen, and, and I know that I have personally felt it, is the time management act, um, oh, yeah. aspect of it.
2: Yes. Because oh. it's
0: like, oh, I'm in between clients. Uh, let me throw a load of laundry in. But then, It's, you know, within earshot, so you can hear what's going on in the background. What are some tips and tricks that you can probably say, you know what, from nine to 11, um, you know, I'm going to focus on this. Like, do you have a specific method or an app or some tool that helps with all of that?
2: I think that um, most businesses have a, a peak productivity expectation. Ours. And if they, if the businesses don't, then you as a human do, like we all know our own patterns and that sort of thing. And I think what you need to do is create a set pattern and then, um, and then stick to that. So there's right now a lot of talk about the Pomodoro method. Do you know yes, yeah, where do you like where say so that's where you say, right, I'm going to do a thing for 45 minutes and you literally set a timer and then the timer goes off and you say, right, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go take a break for 15 minutes and you set a timer for that, etc. So that method works for some people. That method does not work for me. I am terrible at the Pomodoro method because inevitably the timer goes off and I'm like mid sentence and I'm like, Oh no, screw the timer. And then I, I don't actually take my break. Right. So, um, instead for me having a like an alarm set on my outlook so that it says hey break time at you know whatever time it is i've set that and then i get up as soon as i finish because outlook is really good at being annoying on your computer and like reminding you every five minutes and you can hit the snooze button but it comes right back and So for me that works better but i think it's about finding the the rhythm for you and for your business so in general we talk about peak sales time which is um monday through friday from 9 to 11 and then from 2 to 4 and and that is the time that people are most likely to be at their desk so when i talk to my job seekers that's the time that i recommend that they are actually applying for jobs that's the time that they're engaging with potential employers because that's when a recruiter is most likely to be physically there and be like, oh, I just got this lovely resume or be there to take your call or what have you. Most business falls in that. Before nine o'clock, people are getting coffee, putting on the laundry, what have you. Between 11 and and two, then that's kind of in the lunch break period. And after four people start leaving early. So that's where those time slots come from. And if that works for your business, then I would say plan that that's when you're going to be your peak productivity. And then if you need to put on a load of laundry, do it in those off times as well. Does that, make, does that answer right. the question fully? I feel like I went off on a bit of a tangent there. But no, 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 I- that, was,
0: that was perfect. Um, I would love for Carol Sue to, I hate to say this, unmute herself. Oh, we can't hear that. We can't hear you. Carol Sue, we can't hear you. (laughs) Technical difficulties. Okay, now I'm unmuted, sorry about that. I,
1: I thought I actually unmuted it, but I've got a little filing dust on my fingers, so uh yeah this is all all great stuff and it really is showing uh the opportunity of people like revitalizing their business kind of pivoting from whether they were in corporate america to now they are actually working out of the home space and it is difficult and i love the fact that you you know you talk about the different i i, I agree with you the timing the pampadour, whatever it's called nothing i suck at that uh, i because i'm one of those that the, the bell's gonna ring the timer's gonna go off I'm immediately going to say, I need five more minutes. I need 10 more minutes. Or, you know, the husband comes in and is asking a question or the kids are running in and you're like, right. So you really have to have, I love the fact of having that designated space because it really helps with mindset. It's so powerful knowing that you have that space within your home and really respecting it, keeping the home life separate from your business. Because when the, the two of them intermingle, forget about it it's you're setting yourself up for failure. So I absolutely
2: love that. Yeah, I mean, I'm so bad. I don't even practice what I preach always. Like I have my desk and you can probably see it's like right by my kitchen and and family room. And then the weekends I'll sit in my chair or something and my kids are always like, mama, it is the weekend and mommies do not work at the weekend. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, that's fair. That's fair kid. But yeah, I it I think that um, we've tried putting my desk a thousand different places in the house and there is a lot of trial and error that goes with it. The worst was when the Christmas tree was here, we had it in my bedroom. I did not sleep for like a whole fucking month because I was like, oh, I should send that email. Oh, I could do this because it was like right there. And so two o'clock in the morning, I was like up trying to do stuff. It's you have to have that physical divide.
1: Well, what I was going to say to you is actually having a Christmas tree in the bedroom is very in and very chic. So kind of think of it that way. You were being, uh,
2: in that chic moment. Oh no, I didn't put the Christmas tree in the bedroom, I put my desk in the bedroom so that the Christmas tree oh, could I didn't live. Put Christmas tree in the bedroom. No, 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 that was, no. no, that's,
1: no. Pretty chic. that's pretty cool. A lot of people are doing that. And I lo- I kind of love that idea, but you're right. I mean, right. Nearly- having, yeah. having a, uh, having a desk in your bedroom, while it sounds like it's convenient because you literally can roll out of bed and get to work, it is not conducive to uh, your sex life, to your love life, uh, to your your, your encompassing that space of rest and relaxation and comfort. Get the desk out of your bedroom.
2: Absolutely. And I get that some people don't have that choice, right? Like I have a a nice home that has plenty of space that we were able to argue about where should the desk go. And not everybody is in that position, but that's why I say like it can be as something as simple as you get a, a, uh, like a lap tray or like a breakfast tray that puts mm-hmm. your laptop on it that you can literally put just like a, a cloth over to cover at night. And that is your physiological symbol to yourself that this time is done. And we are not at work and it just physically removes it from your line of sight. And it makes such a huge psychological difference.
0: Uh, I agree because when I uh, hurt my, when I fractured my foot, I had to have my foot leg elevated and you know, I had my laptop in there and I would cover it because I didn't want to look at it. You know, I always have thousand and one things to do. Yeah, and you're right. And that kind of bothered me. You know, there was a few days where I didn't cover it. And I, when I woke up, I was like, ah, you know, it, there is something about that. Um, what I'd like to ask you, maybe go back to, is when you're sending out resumes and, and people are, you know, in the midst of job searching and, and sending their resume, is there, you know, I, I know that when we do that, or when somebody you know, submits their resume, you know, you kind of get that anxious feeling, well, did they, um, you know, did they review my resume? You know, what's going on with it? What would you say is the right way to follow up with someone with a potential employer?
2: Great question. Don't leave them alone. And in this day and age, they're, they're unfortunately, and this is a somebody who's been in recruitment for 20 years and has a lot of love for the industry. Most recruiters are rude and jerks and they're not going to reply to you. They're going to ghost you. If they want to talk to you, if they need something from you, they're going to call you and email you. And if it's a no, they're just not even going to get back to you. Chasing them is not going to change the outcome. All that's going to do is stress you out. My advice is quit getting invested in something that hasn't happened yet. People get all spun up about, should I apply for this job? Researching client companies before they apply. Stop it. Why? Quit trying to turn down a job you haven't been offered yet. If you are in any way interested in the role, go and apply for it. If they say yes and they offer you a job, then worry about if you like them. If not, don't quit getting spun up about it. The application process should really in this day and age should be button, click, button, click, button, click, button, click done. Um, you know, you have like two or three resumes that are tailored for specific areas, and then you send those out and then quit getting emotionally invested. When people get emotionally invested in a single application, that's when the rejection really hurts. That's when you start internalizing all of that kind of negativity. Stop it. It's a numbers game. They are not invested in you. You need to quit being invested in them. Once you get through the interview process, all of that, okay, now it's time to start making a qualitative decision about them. But until that, treat them the same way that they're treating you. You're just a number to them. They're just a number to you. You know that you're going to need to apply for probably about 300 jobs before you get one. So just make this number 256 and keep going i i absolutely love that because that that frequently does happen to so many
1: people they get they they get their hopes up on this one position or this one job or like this is it this is like this is what i'm meant to do and they're not being authentically themselves like really looking at the entire picture to say well wait a minute i am just a number and don't take it personal be postured in your in your belief set you know what if this was not the position for you guess what there is a position out there for you. There is a company out there for you. And you may just decide, you know what? I don't want to go through that anymore. I want to be my own entrepreneur. There's other ways and other aspects of contributing to your household income and or having that passion and, and vision of where you want to go in life. But you really? have to first, first and foremost, step up the game and invest in yourself.
2: I absolutely agree. And I think that part of it is also, what you have to realize is it, it's a statistical analysis in a lot of ways, which is sounds extremely cold, but you know, if you send out a hundred resumes and out of that, you don't get any interviews, there's something wrong with your resume, right? You have a 0% return on the resumes from a statistically significant data set. And I think that that's how I look at things as a professional, both as a professional recruiter and as a career coach. And people just need to take a big slice of that in. And it's hard. Like, I'm not trying to say that that's easy because it's personal, right? This is your livelihood. This is your experience. You feel judged. You are not being judged. They are just doing a string of search on your resume document and you came up or you didn't. So, you know.
1: And the, and the other thing, um, what do you say to that person that has a plethora uh, of information? Now, I've always heard, uh, just because my, my husband was in that industry where he, he did some recruiting for different positions um, that he was hiring for, and he would always say, you know what, if, if the resume is, you know, two, three, four pages, I won't even look at it. It has to be one page, it's gotta be quick to the point, show your best attributes and get it done on one page. Do you agree with that? And would you uh, enlist that in our audience and our viewers to kind of critique and obviously look at your resume, what it's on there, but shorten it up a little bit.
2: So that's a great question. We get that all the time. Um, And if you are new to the job world, if you're a graduate, if you have less than five years experience, there's almost no reason to have more than a page. If you are an executive, if you you need a four page resume, because the types of things that you're trying to sell, the information you need to provide just takes more space than you can try. And like, I have seen executives try to cram their resume into one page and then be like, I don't understand why I don't get called. And like, well, you know, let me explain. So. What I would say is the real answer is that you have to remember that when people look at your resume, the initial impression, what you're talking about there, Carol Sue, is absolutely the most important. So you have to lead with your most significant details. So the first half of your first page needs to just be completely loaded with all of the things that are gonna kind of get you your foot in the door and get the attention of that recruiter and hiring manager. But then all of the rest of it, my experience is that if it's well laid out, really good quality content, nobody complains about a three page resume. What people complain about, about a three page resume is when it's full of a bunch of shit they don't care about. So when people copy paste their job ads or like their job descriptions, or they just put like weird formats, I've had people tell me about like their hometowns. Half a page on their hobbies and interests. If you put that kind of bullshit in there, yeah, nobody wants to read that. So absolutely I'm going to tell you you need to have less. But if it's good quality content and it is actually selling you, go on up to four pages. I have also seen resumes that are 16 to 20 pages. That is ridiculous. Cool. Nobody's got time for more than four pages. But four people, if you've got the content up to four pages, is perfectly acceptable.
1: I love that, that if you've got the content, and part of that content, obviously, is everything that you're talking about, selling yourself, presenting yourself in the best light for that p- particular position, and I've also heard of, and I want to see, you know, what your thoughts are, of having multiple resumes, meaning, critiquing them to different areas and aspects of, of your experiences, because there's some people that maybe uh, they've been an exec in say the gp industry for for years that's grocery grocery and products Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden now they're they're actually going after another exec job but they also have stuff from years ago that really will benefit them so they kind of reach re-retweak the resume what do you think about that and is that recommended or not or just just go with what you're you're current with your what you're involved with
2: No, no, no. So I think that that's great. We always recommend people have multiple resumes if there are different kind of tracks that they're interested in. So the way that um, recruiters find your resume and look for it, if you upload it into their applicant tracking system, when you apply for a job, or if you put it on LinkedIn or what have you, they literally do what we call a Boolean string, which is the same way you search something on Google. So if you typed in, if you're looking for somebody in grocery, right? You might type in grocery and purchasing and um, uh, profit loss, right? And then however many times those words show up in somebody's resume, that's going to decide how high up they come on your list of results. So somebody who has those words 50 times is going to come up before somebody who has those words three times. So if you know that that's the area you want to go in, you want to make sure that you load your resume with those terms, which means that if there's two or three different types of jobs that you're going to go for, you need to load your resume with two or three different types of wording. What we recommend is that you take three different job ads for the type of role that you're looking for and literally take the verbiage that they use, and embed that in your resume. So when we write it for people, that's what we require. You have to send us three job links and then we take that verbiage and put it in. And we find that if you do that from three different job ads that that's kind of a good enough spread that you're gonna have really good results. And we absolutely, like we tailor people's resumes for stuff all the time. So we'll do up to two for a resume order because it's so normal to do that. It's a great question, Carol Sue.
1: I love that that you know what a golden nugget right there using terminology actually from the app like that bingo that's a light bulb moment for everyone out there that would not I certainly would have never thought that makes perfect sense and it really is going to help you set yourself up for success love that
2: yeah yeah because they I mean they they're gonna look for the exact string of things that they're thinking So, my favorite is I work with a lot of project managers and they're great project managers, but they don't have the word project manage in their resume because they talk about all of the things around project management they do. And I'm like, you have to understand, as a recruiter, they're literally going to search for the word project management. And if that only happens once, maybe twice in your resume, you're gonna fall way down here on the results. Even though you've got 20 years of project management experience, you should be up here, but you're coming in down here just because you haven't used the words. It's something as stupid as that. Or the other one that people do a lot is they'll use, if there's like a common shorthand or acronym for things, they'll put the acronym, but not like the actual wording. So project managers are bad about using PM instead of project management, or they'll use, especially in IT, there's a million acronyms. The military is awful about acronyms for everything. And the problem is that when you do that, you don't know what the person writing the search is going to type in. And if they type in the full word, now you don't show up over something that stupid. Like that's Uh such an easy thing to fix
0: yeah i i see what you're saying about that that makes so much sense and tailoring it and getting those buzzwords in there and obviously i love words and and i love writing and i love typing and a, a lot of what i've seen here and there when you receive a resume for instance that to review that has typos in it when i see something like that i cringe what is your best advice for somebody who's going it alone and doesn't have that avenue to work with somebody to write their resume? What would you suggest that they do?
2: So I would say a couple of different things. Um, for it's surprisingly inexpensive to have even a professional editor. So like on our site, if you just want me to edit your resume for you to catch all that, we charge 25 bucks. Like it's not a deal breaker amount of money to have a professional come in and and catch your typos. If even 25 bucks is too much, and I get for some people right now, they don't even have 25 bucks. um, You can absolutely, there are free, a ton of free groups on Facebook and LinkedIn where there are professionals that are, that were out there trying to help people that they'll do that kind of thing for you. I'm in a bunch of those myself personally. Um, And I've had people, especially people who work in things like retail or food service, where for me, it's like a 15, 20 minute deal to write their resume for them. I'll actually sometimes just do it for free and be like, sure, just send it over and I'll send it to you. And then these people now have professionally written resumes that, you know, there's a lot of people of us out there that are trying to help, especially with everything in the market right now. And do not rely on word to catch your spelling and grammar. Mm -hmm. There's a program called Grammarly that most of the professionals use and that there's a free uh, Grammarly login that you can use that. I recommend um, that one is a pretty good one, but mostly I really, really recommend to anybody, don't write your own. Like don't, if you can possibly have any other human being who is a smart person with any business sense, you know, look at your resume, do. Because it is so hard as an individual to have a sense of how you're coming across. It's a whole, you can't see the forest for the trees. When you're in your personal experience, I don't write my resume. My colleagues don't write their resumes. We write each other's because it's really hard to do a good job of selling yourself in a way that's meaningful for somebody else. Because you're living it. You have all of the emotion and all of the other stuff that goes along with that. So my recommendation is use one of the, the millions of services out there um, that are that are free or close to it and get somebody else to to do that for you.
0: Those are great tips and very useful. And of course, I'm a stickler when I write something, I have to read it and and I don't rely on, you know, the the different things on there, like on when you're on WordPerfect or whatever program you're in. And I didn't knock her out. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny that. And there she goes muting herself again. I did not do that.
2: That's and... what you say now, Janice.
0: Oh, I know. But I I probably at some sometime will. Uh, Get all the blame. <laughs> oh, my God. I think we lost her for a second. No, there she is. Um, so anyways, let's continue the conversation. those are great tips and reading through the resume is really important too because a lot of times when you're in the moment of you know scooting along and typing they always say and I really resonate with this that if it doesn't make sense to you what you've written chances are it's not going to be for somebody else
2: yeah if it doesn't make sense to you it sure doesn't all
0: right go ahead
1: all right. <laughs> well, the reason why I fell down is because actually, Jess, hey my my Good. nail girl, actually has a great question, and I want her to actually ask it because it is so paramount. Because we're talking about execs, we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Different types of line of work. Well, she's got a great question. So hold
2: on. This is Jess from Bellamani in Vero Beach. Hey, guys. So my question is, is my um, husband is in the entertainment business. So he does a lot of weddings and private events. And his biggest struggle is going to these venues and selling himself because he does not like to talk about himself because he feels like, you know, he's had so much experience and he's super talented. And I know that. But he doesn't want to make himself sound over the top. So yeah. in somebody in that industry, what would you recommend? So I would recommend for somebody that in question? that industry. That is a great question. What I always say is for people who struggle feeling like they're bragging, and um, it's not bragging it, don't think of it as bragging, but stating facts. So prepare a list of facts that are impressive and get somebody to help you. So he can be like, hey, I have done shot 400 weddings and I have this level of customer satisfaction. This is my price range. And then if he just lists off those facts, it won't feel like he's he's bragging as much. Does that make sense? It makes it a lot easier to go in and just say, right, here's this list of facts about me, but they're really impressive facts. So it achieves the same thing without making the person feel uncomfortable. And using numbers in those situations, A, gets people's attention, and B, it helps to sort of verify it. So like you're saying that he's done all of this stuff, he's super important. Don't name drop, don't in any of that. Just literally say, you know, I have shot over X number of weddings, Uh, 20% of my business is weddings, 30% is commercial shoots, whatever it is break it down so that he has like a three to four sentence, what we call an elevator pitch, that each sentence is just a different set of facts that together will sell him, but that none of it is him being emotive, right? So he's not saying I'm a great photographer. He's saying I have 20 years of photography experience and I have shot over 300 weddings. That's just stating a fact, right? So it's totally, once you take that emotion out of it like that, it just gets so much easier for people. And then make him say it over and over and over again to you and friends and family and everybody else. And then once that elevator pitch is supernatural, then send him out there.
0: Okay, cool. Thank thank you.
1: Great question. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it, was a, it is a great, great question because there are a lot of people in the entertainment industry and or, I mean, photography is one thing where you can actually physically show your kind of your repertoire, your your, your, your bag yeah. of tricks with your actual uh, photographs. But in the entertainment industry, where you're DJing and selling, you know, uh, for events or weddings or whatnot unless they've actually been to one of your events, they don't know. So it, it is a little different aspect, but I love the fact of getting that elevator pitch down perfectly because really, you know, what, what, what I've taught because being an entrepreneur, like three minute elevator pitch to to sell yourself, throw what you got to throw out there and, and give that room for them to ask questions. We're husbands in the entertainment industry. It's a little bit different. So I love, love that advice about, you know, numbers
2: yeah. it's because it's
1: factual, just- like you said.
2: Yeah. Loads of people have that issue. And when I'm doing interview prep with people and that sort of thing, that's something that comes up a lot. It's people like, man, I really, I know I'm supposed to sell myself in an interview, but it just feels awkward and weird. I don't want to sit and So, so don't like don't the when it crosses the line into bragging is when you start using those emotive words like great or excellent or it, so stop that take that out and instead just list your set of facts around it and let those facts speak for themselves
0: i love that absolutely love that great information and really when I'm thinking when somebody goes for an actual interview, that can yeah. kind of be um, related to that when they go yep. the in for the interview, the buzzwords, um, like were saying that came up in their resume or, you know, I think that's a great way to kind of segue into that. And um, mm-hmm. thank you to Jess again. That w- really was uh, a great question. Excellent question. And it's result driven. I mean, people want to know results. What are you going to add to the table? How
1: are you going to impact my business? How are you going to add value? How are you going to help me expand? And I love the fact that basically everything that you're saying is result driven. You are showing someone, you're showcasing your results, whether it be like within 365 days out of the year, I did, you know, X amount of weddings. And uh, out of those weddings, I ended up getting customers obviously they loved what I was doing. Now, again, not making it
2: so much about yourself, but again,
1: fact-driven and result-driven. I love
2: that. If you want to just reframe what you said there, Carol Sue, you could say something like 80% of my business comes from referrals. You don't have to say people love me. You say 80% of my business comes from referrals. That tells me from a fact that people love you because people don't refer people that suck. So you know what I mean? Um, And that's, like th- those types of things, just reframing it a little bit. I would Absolutely. also say that in business in general, the rule of thumb is 20 seconds. So any answer you give to an interview question, anytime you do an elevator pitch, something like that, you've got somebody's attention for 20 seconds and then you need to shut up. Um, <laughs> I love that. And then if you want, if you have more to say, do that by asking questions. So say blah, 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 blah. Can I tell you more about law or would you like to know more about this? And then give them a chance to talk.
1: Yep, yeah, that's perfect. That, I mean, because again, then you get the dialogue going, which leads into other things. So you don't have to like vomit all over somebody at the very moment that you're trying to sell yourself. Like you said, 20, 30 seconds, get their attention, draw them in to pull out more. I love yep. that.
2: Yep. And it works for interviews as well.
0: Ah, lots of golden nuggets, such great information. I have so enjoyed this conversation. Wow, Michelle, where can, I know that we have your links and I'm going to make sure that we, um, that I copy the links um, underneath this live. Um, What is the best way though, to get a hold of you?
2: Um, So the company website is um, www.onhconsulting.com. And we have all of the, you know, uh, submit your resume for um, review and all of that. Um, and I get all of those things. So if you're trying to reach me in particular, you can just send your, send it with a note that says, Hey, I want to talk to Michelle. I am the O and O and H. So uh, <laughs> it's all going to come through me anyway. <laughs> so you're fine. Um, and my number is also on the website delighted for anybody to call me with questions. Um, like I said, I think now is a really weird time. Um, and I think that right now we all need to be more about helping each other out than worrying about making money. If that makes I me mean, like, I still need to feed my kids, but otherwise if I can help out people as much as possible, that then, then I'm happy to. So if people want to email me or call me with, uh, with questions, I am absolutely delighted. We have a newsletter that has, um, all of these kind of tips and tricks that comes out every week, um, and we also have a, a, a free resume support group on Facebook and one on LinkedIn as well, and um, that we can help people with stuff there. So wonderful, all so, of those so, things.
0: So so many different ways to get a hold of you, and like I said, I will make sure that all of that information goes below um, the live on this. Carol Sue, so do you have anything to add? No, I think you, I mean, you added so much value. You gave Mm -hmm. such great critiquing on rewording
1: things, great habits to form, you know, really developing uh, different areas of your home space to be more conducive to a workspace and and that balance, as well as great tips on your resume and selling yourself. And I think that's going to add so many, so much value to, to so many viewers and listeners. Michelle, thank you so much.
2: No worries. Thanks for having me.
1: It was fun. Even okay. even, with, even with the camera falling all over the place, That's <laughs> right? We uh, are awesome. you know, We we do our podcast sometimes on the run, and that's that's just being authentically us. A girl's got to get her nails done, you know. Absolutely. What color are you going with? I still have not decided yet. Jess usually helps me out on that. She t- tells me what's in or what's new and uh, she's so good. And so shout out to Bella, Bellamani. I never pronounced it correctly, but it's in Vero beach right on 17th. So if you're in the area, please check it out. Uh, it's a cute boutique. And I give her kudos as a young entrepreneur because in the middle of a pandemic, she was working somewhere else. And obviously uh, at the very beginning of the uh, virus, She, you know, everything kind of closed down and then she decided to go for it and she opened up her own place right in the middle, dead in the middle. And it's very successful and she really has the entrepreneur spirit. So I know she, she appreciates all the information that you've given her today so she can pass (laughs) it on to her hubby.
0: Great. On that note, once again, we want to thank you, Michelle, for being with us today and being a part of the two sisters family. And we can't wait to have you on again, hopefully soon. My name is Janice, this is Trending Thursday, and I am with two sisters, and this is Carol
1: Sue, aka Nani Boss Lady Canna, live from Vero Beach, and it is Trending Thursday. How Are you going to be the trend center? Are you going to just be watching and scrolling on Facebook and all kinds of social media platforms? You be the trend center. You enjoy your day, and guess what? We are super excited, because tomorrow is what? Fantabulous Friday. You guys have a good day, Thursday, and Michelle, thank you again so much. Great, great information. Thanks. Have a
0: great day, everybody. Bye-bye.